Hey, welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by any means possible. Freelancing, starting a business, investing in every which way possible. And today, I'm bringing on an expert who has created a six-figure business through Upwork, finding customers and building his business, and he's going to show us how we can do it too. Give us a step-by-step process to create our own six-figure business on Upwork. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Now, if you don't know what Upwork is, Upwork.com is a website that actually connects freelancers with their customers. Basically, the freelancer is going to try to start putting out that they are going to be working, say, editing podcasts, editing videos, doing voiceover work, writing articles, doing copy, all that sort of stuff. They're basically freelancers. And there are ways that you can actually scale a business, whatever business that you want to do, by utilizing Upwork. Now, our expert today is a podcast editor as well as a producer of podcasts, and he has a bunch of clients, and he gets them through Upwork. And he's going to show us how he has done that, created a business that is now six figures, and he continually gets lots and lots of great customers. Now, I also want to show you how to invest in real estate because that is how I quit my J-O-B by buying property after property. Eventually, I had enough properties, 30-plus properties. I said, you know what? Working's for suckers. I'm going to stop doing that. I want to show you how to do that. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I will give you my real estate investing course showing you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first, how to make $250 or more from every single property, and how to scale the business, get funding, and get financing for those properties Get my free real estate investing course. Now let's start the show where I interviewed Derek Mishud of Shelby Row Productions on the show with me, showing us how to become a podcast editor through Upwork. All right, let's do this. Derek, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Dustin. Hey, Derek. So how do you make money without working that J-O-B to provide for yourself and your family? So my business is a podcast production agency called Shelby Row Productions. So I handle all the production needs for clients from all different industries uh, on how to produce audio editing, the graphic design work, everything needed for podcast production. Uh, and um, it's a full agency where I have a team of people helping me in uh, all the different areas that I need help in. Um, and that's it. That's my job. I work from home and uh, it's it's a good thing, my friend. That's fantastic. And it's amazing being able to set your own schedule, not having to answer to somebody I personally love having everything right on my shoulders because I get paid for the value 
that I bring to all my customers or basically whoever I'm serving as opposed to my one boss or if you had maybe a couple bosses, but it's so much better. Now, Derek, before you did that, now having a production company where you're helping a lot of people in their podcasting, but before that, you were probably, like, what were you doing? Were you working a corporate job? Were you trying to climb the ladder? And then transitioning to, how did you transition to what you're doing now? I lived a long life struggle of being a professional musician. So uh, for the last 20 years, I've been a working musician. So some day, some years were better than others. In, in doing that, you always need part-time jobs and side hustles. Um, and even though the music world, in a way, you're your own entrepreneur because you're you're doing your own thing. But I was a bass player, so I had to be hired. I wasn't starting my own band. I'm not a singer. You know, hire me. I'm like a plumber. You need a bass player? Call me. You know, so. <laughs> um, so over the years, I had so many different side hustles. Uh, I had work time in warehouses before. I've waited tables, drove for Uber and Lyft, hosted trivia nights, uh, all these extra things, played locally, played in church, in the bands and stuff. All, the common thread through all of that is I really had no control over the fate of those things. The thing, it, it, I was at the mercy of someone else's decision-making. Because I was looking for another hustle, uh, I found Upwork, a website. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Upwork. Uh, it's a great platform that connects freelancers and, and companies. And I noticed there was a demand for podcast audio editing, which is something I could handle. Treated it like another side hustle. Just try to get a client or two, make 50 bucks a week, just add it to the pot so I could still barely pay my bills. And <laughs> and then it, it just caught fire. You know, the side hustle, one of them finally caught fire and got so busy that I could start chipping away and pushing side hustles away. Um, and then decided to build a team actually became an actual LLC in 2019. And now I have a full fledging agency with, uh, up to, I think I'm at maybe 12 team members now. I should know that by heart, but it's a dozen, it's, it's a, it's a, a dirty dozen of people that helps me in all the different areas needed. And then 2020 hit the music thing, as we all know, that went away. And then coming into this year, I was, I was actually liked not having to hustle and think about gigs. Now that I make enough money and a good living with my business, I retired from the music world. This is it. My company is, you know, for the last uh, nine months or so, this has been my only source of income. Man, that's, Fantastic, Derek. And you also did pick, in my opinion, you picked a uh, musician, musical instrument that is really needed, a bass player. There are so many drummers, so many guitarists, like so many singers. Bass players are far and few between. So you were definitely smart doing that. I did from okay. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, I, right. <laughs> I get it. But you have to be consistently hired to do something yeah. over and over again and just the next gig, the next gig, the next gig. So yeah. I love that you made a transition to something that's somewhat similar in a sense where it's audio, it's, you know, music's audio, podcasting audio. You probably have already had an understanding of how to mix things. Like, do you use, uh, it's okay. So I want to jump into how do we actually maybe start our own podcast, not necessarily start our own podcast, but like if we were going to edit or do any producing or something like that, how would we, Get started. Now, the technical stuff, like type equipment and all that sort of stuff, it's not necessary. But it sounds like you jumped into with Upwork, finding customers first, proving that you actually can make money 
doing this. And then you transition, not transition, but you kept growing the business to be bigger and bigger. Where now you have employees, you have plenty of shows and people that you're, you're taking care of. If we wanted to, is that like the best route to take or would you go with a different way? Uh, as far as wanting to so- someone to just want to start their own podcast or are we talking to producers that want to Let's talk help? about producing. Like if we wanted to yeah. edit, produce, like we don't want to be behind the microphone talking, but we don't, we love yeah. like anything technology where we're actually putting, producing it together. My only, my only talent was editing. So uh, that was all I could offer at first. Uh, but often especially business clients that have a budget, they want X, Y, and Z for their each episode. And I couldn't offer it because I couldn't do it. So I would, my suggestion is hire people that can, <laughs> you know, that, and that's, that was when I finally started building that way. Learn as you go. I had to learn as I go. You know, when I had the first client come to me and say, can you get my show on iTunes? By this time, I had been doing a bunch of audio editing, and that was literally all I was doing for people. They took care of the rest. I had a client say, can you get my show on iTunes? And I said the word yes, but I shook my head side to side. You know, They didn't see me shake my head. You know, I, I said yes and figured it out. Don't be afraid of going on the Google machine and grabbing a YouTube video if you need to. Uh, try to learn as much as you can. Try to be the jack of all trades on the front end. The hiring comes later. You don't want to hire out of the gate. You want to do the best you can and give as much as you can because then through that process, you will then finally be like, all right, I'm strong in this space, not in these spaces. I can continue to do this for now, eventually hire people to take that stuff off my plate. But these things over to the right, I can't do. I don't want to do. Then you find people that can. I think that's great. I really love... The fact that you said yes, especially when you didn't know what you're going to do. It reminds me of a quick story about the founder and CEO of Under Armour, you know, the, the clothing and shoes and all that sort of stuff. So they he made literally a T-shirt that was supposed to be like the special brand of Under Armour. And somebody said that wanted to buy his products just starting out, literally just starting out. And they said, well, can you make this in a long sleeve too? In his mind, his wheels are turning like, uh-oh. How do we, we don't do that now. Like, how do we do it? But he said, yes, 100%. And he said, he, he didn't let on that they never did that. They didn't know how to do it. But he said, I'm going to figure it out. And that's something that us as entrepreneurs do. We come up or problems come in our way. We need to be ones that create solutions or answers and not put our own roadblock. If you would have said no, then you probably would have lost some, <laughs> lost some customers and, and potential income. But if you say yes and figure it out, It'll, I think, personally, it'll work out in the end. Okay, so if we put into the idea of hiring, let's set that off the side for for a second, because what if I wanted to start producing podcasts, editing, creating the little thumbnail that you need to have for, for the podcast show, and then putting it on iTunes? Is that something that's really, really complicated? Or is it just something that, like you said, go on Google and search for it. Is this something that you can actually do on your own? Well, you can Google and find anything now on YouTube. Um, so yeah, you can easily do it that way, but it is a little convoluted in the, sub, the submission for syndication portion. When you have a, when you have a piece of audio and you have the thumbnail, now it's time to publish it and get it on iTunes and Spotify for someone that is not knowledgeable or just doesn't know how those things work. And myself included, I learned the hard way. As I just said, it's very confusing because each platform does its own thing. It's not one button that you push 
at the beginning. Once you get all those connections set, as you know, you, you have a podcast. Now you just upload and we'll host, hit submit, publish, and it's good. You know, then the, the cover art is absolutely necessary. But if you know your way around Canva, you can make something pretty simple and, and you're good to go. But um, I, for a brief time, that was one of those things that I tried. I was like, I can, I can do a thumbnail and fake it till I make it. And then I got to a point where I'm like, no, you know, I need, I needed someone helping me with that. So, um, and then after that, it's just uh, nuts and bolts, you know, record an episode, tack on an intro and outro. And then once you have that, your thumbnail and a host like Podbean or Libsyn, really you're good to go at that point. It's just those few pieces that you need to build. Now, if we're going to find our first client, let's say we've done all the research, we've edited our own audio. Like we, I, you personally, I edit my own audio. I just use audacity. It's so simple. I've been doing it for literally like five or six years. It takes like, okay. So for a podcast episode, if I'm going to do a podcast episode, I would probably like the night before it's supposed to add, like if it's supposed to load or, you know, be released at Tuesday morning at like six o'clock in the morning. Literally like 11 p.m. I'm like, oh man, I forgot. I got to put in a podcast episode. I'll do it all myself and edit myself. And it take me about, I don't know, 45 minutes an hour. But I'm pretty decent at it. I'm really, I, I know mm-hmm. how to do my own podcast. But there are so many other things to learn. But let's just say somebody has figured out how to edit. They've figured out how to produce. And they have their own podcast. But you know what? They really love doing the production as opposed to, um, you know, doing the podcast themselves and being the host. What would you say would be like if we go to Upwork or Fiverr or we start putting our name out there as somebody who does that, where do we find our first clients? And then should we do it for free, should, you know, just to get some clients, some some people that say, hey, here's proof that I could actually do work. Should we start charging and how much should we charge? What are your thoughts about all that process? Great question. I can talk for hours on this stuff. Um, do not do it for free. I'll start there, <laughs> but you need to, you need to know your place too. So you want to start your rates lower. Uh, and with Upwork, when I found Upwork and I set up my profile, I had never done it before. I had no real audio examples. I had some other things that I'd done for other random things. It had nothing to do with podcasting, but it was something I edited in the audio form. <laughs> it was something to show. Um, and then set yourself a good profile, whether it's Fiverr, Upwork. I would, I would say go to Upwork. Anyone listening here that has not heard of Upwork and you do want to get into the podcasting world, go to Upwork.com and search podcast. And there's so much opportunity out there. The way Upwork works is there's, there's two directions it can go in. You set up a profile and someone searches podcast producers and you come up in the search engine. They like you. They like your price. They invite you for an uh, in they invite you for a uh, interview or you, the freelancer can go on the job board, scroll through the jobs. You find something that you are interested in. You submit yourself to them with a cover letter in hopes that they connect with you. And then you get an, uh, an interview. When I started, I was charging like $18 an hour, you know, uh, and it was, and you would, you would hold on, pause that. So you would specify if it takes an hour, I charge $18. Is that how it worked out? Well, you need to set an hourly rate on Upwork anyway. You need to oh, have, got it. you have it's to like have a job, like, like a uh, $300 mm-hmm. per job. It's literally an hourly rate. Okay. Got it. But that's all negotiable. Once you hook up with someone in Upwork, you can negotiate, you can switch it up or they can say, well, this is a milestone 
project, meaning it's $100 for this period. If it takes you two hours or four hours to do, then divide that up and that's your hourly rate for that project, you know? And I made that number up. I'm going to be honest with you. I just made it up. <laughs> you know, eight, okay, I'd like to make $18 an hour. Sure. And I certainly wasn't going to get any invitation, invitations because I had no profile. The way Upwork works is the more money you earn through the system, the, the more clients that you've worked with, the more hours that you've logged in there, you start building badges, top rated. So you, 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 you strengthen your searchability. But when you start, you have none of that. So I just pounded the pavement and just every job I found, and it didn't matter what it was or how small the job was all day, any free minute I had, I'd throw out 30 to 40 proposals a week. Just push, 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 push. That's how you got to do it. And then you get one client. It's like, oh, all right. Hands-on experience, hands-on demo, actual demo, so you can prove your work. That's great. And I like how you were, yeah, you were definitely hustling. You were, you knew that you needed to work hard to get it. I mean, if somebody, because I think Upwork's great for lots of other things. Like basically, it's a great site for any freelancer, anybody who wants to say, hey, I can help. I could do this and get paid for it. Definitely check that out. And in doing that, though, not being known, not having any, I guess, your know, portfolio of anything that you've done in the past, you really got to push. And hopefully you're going to find somebody that's actually going to do it. So I love that you work through that. Now, once you got that first client and you knew your baseline, like I need to make $18 an hour, somebody could be 24, somebody could be 15, it, whatever it might be. You make that baseline in the amount of money that you want to make per hour, it sounds like. And then from there, you start working with that one client is it what's what's the next step after that let's say we our clients happy what's the next step after we're starting to make money to then maybe get more clients like is that the next step or is it to hire people oh the hiring's way down the road you know right now if you're still in this beginning mode and you get that one client the hustle remains the same the hustle does not slow down in any way shape or form in fact now you have more ammo now you have a client that you, and it's in there in the profile. Oh, Derek is working with someone. He's been with this person for four months. He's earned X amount of dollars. Okay. Well, this is now, well, I look more enticing. Yes. Oh, yeah. I guess I've never used Upwork to know that. So people can yeah. see what, who, what you've actually done in the past, how much yes. you're paid and all that sort of, and you're continuing working for them. That, that helps. Yep. And then, and then when you finish a job with a client, they can leave you a rating and a review. So, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate. I still have five, a five-star rating with, uh, like 50 reviews that helps just like Google you know, the yeah. same kind of algorithm as Google, but one client, you are still for full court press, my friend, like you got to just keep going, uh, and, and knocking it out of the park. The other thing that you eventually want to do though, Upwork isn't going to like hearing this is build a relationship with your client. And then pull them out of Upwork. So Upwork is great because it creates a contract for you and your client. Accountability on both ends. And you get paid through Upwork. But Upwork takes a large percentage. So eventually learn your client, build a relationship, and just say, hey, you mind if we kind of go direct now? And every time they're like, sure, yeah. And I've always been nervous about it. Cause you, 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 you know, if sometimes you feel like you're overstepping maybe, and it's just like, 
can we go, you come in timid, can we go direct now? And I always got, yeah, sure. I don't know why we've been going through Upwork anyway. So once you, once you do that, now you've automatically got a 20% raise. <laughs> Absolutely. And me as, because I use Fiverr plenty, haven't used Upwork, but Fiverr takes a lot of money out of me. And I know out of the people that are, that are working for me, it's like, that's a lot of money. And so I've actually reached out to some of the uh, people that I work with and say, hey, we've been working together for literally like three months. How about I just start, you know, working with you instead of going through here? And I know Fiverr, Upwork's probably the same where they want to make their money. But it's like, hey, I connected through you. You've made plenty of money. It's okay. I'm going to go ahead and work with the one-on-one. But at the same time, some of the people that are on there who are virtual assistants or, you know, whatever, they don't want to get flagged by Fiverr because that's more income that could be taken away. So I could see how you're saying, hey, this could be a little tentative or tenuous because you don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. And you want to be careful with what you're texting in the, the message threads. Yeah. Keywords will trigger you, red flags. I will say this, uh, back to Upwork, it's important to have activity in Upwork too. So if you only have one client, do not pull that client out. Leave that person in there and continue to work through Upwork because it will continue to help you in searchability. Get a few clients in Upwork and then take that first one or the one that you really have a good relationship with, then pull them out. Always keep something going in your Upwork account always at least one, you know, just to keep that activity going. That's, so, that would be my suggestion. That's yeah. That's a great idea because that's your, that, that's basically marketing for you too. On top of that, like pe- people can see, Oh, he's still doing work for, with this one uh, company. And so they're still employed now outside of Upwork. Is there any other way to, you know, outside of like Fiverr and Upwork, any other thing, is there anything else we could do to possibly get more clients or to make sure that we're having uh, customers coming in the door as opposed to always going out. I've been a full on LLC for two years and I'm just now trying to figure that out. <laughs> so, uh, but I, it took a while to build to the point where I can afford Jocelyn, the lady you met with that got me booked with you or set, hooked me up with you. You know, she does that for me. So I feel like guesting on other people's podcasts is a great way to network and throw yourself out there. I, I finally have a sales manager and we've been spending the last month putting together a real CRM. Okay. But I needed money to be able to do that. Um, I've really cranked up my social media presence. I started my own podcast. This is a company podcast. So I have to pay my editors out of the business pocket, you know? So, so that's where, when you grow, now you have to really start hiring people that you're paying directly rather than hiring contractors that's doing editing for you. But they're editing really for a client. They're just getting paid from me. Like it's filtering through me and I give them a percentage and I keep a percentage. But when you get to a point where you're starting to work into those next level things to try to get, like you said, clients more organically from the marketplace rather than having to be pigeon held to a thing like Upwork, which I was. Now, I'm a commercial for Upwork. I built a six-figure six-figure grossing company because of Upwork. You know, just kept pounding that pavement and just got more and more clients. And then some of those clients would refer me to someone else. So that was like one degree removed from Kevin Bacon type of thing. You know, like, <laughs> so it was awesome. But the marketplace in the Upwork world is dipping. 
People are wanting to get more for less. My hourly rate is not $18 an hour anymore, obviously. So I've kind of priced myself out of that world. And I knew I was heading in that direction. So the goal of trying to break away from Upwork started several months ago. It's just a process to, I wanted to do it right, build infrastructure to actually really market correctly and do real sales outreach well, you know, and, um, and start my own podcast and, and then try to guest. I think guesting is a great way to promote any business, especially in the podcast world. Uh, you know, then who knows, I might have you on my show. And then next thing you know, you're cross promoting and two different social worlds are, are blending together and it's just good for everybody. Yeah. I've been on countless, I've at least 40 or 50 other shows just as an interviewee, people having me on the show just to share what I know. And every single time I go on somebody else's show, I get more, many more listeners because they find me. And it's just another way for me to be found as well as me to help them. So when other people come on my show, so it's a fantastic to a way to get your name out there, your company out there or anything like that. It's marketing is really what it comes down to. And you're also serving other people. And, and like, like you said, yeah, I had Jocelyn on my show as well. And so she said, Hey, you should meet Derek. I think Derek would be a fantastic fit. And I said, Hey, that's great. If you, if you recommend it, let's go ahead and have them on. So that worked out really well. And then on top of that, you get many more customers and many more clients because your name is getting out there even further. I love just putting out content that is evergreen that could just continually be downloaded forever and being able to move on from there to actually getting customers. Now, now I like that you're going that direction, but let's talk a little bit about hiring somebody. Now, somebody could be fantastic at editing podcasts, but they're horrible at graphic design, creating an artwork that looks really good because that's really what, like the first thing somebody sees is the name and the artwork. And the artwork doesn't really make you want to click on it. You're not, gonna, you're not going to, or at least the listener won't. So let's say somebody's really good at audio editing and doing all that sort of stuff, but like all of the artwork, they're probably not good at. So would they hire somebody? Would they find somebody else on Upwork as well? Or would they find a, try to find somebody that can work in for them in-house? How would they move that forward? When I hire an editor, I don't care if they don't, don't know how to graphic design. Like I want an audio editor and you, there's plenty out there. That's what they specialize in. That's what I want. All their effort has been put into that. That's their passion. That's what they love. They're going to give me exactly what I need. And that's better editing than I can do, <laughs> you know, cause they are a professional audio editor. I hired a graphic designer that is in that world and in that space. That's what he specializes in. So the, when someone hires me to do a cover art or thumbnail, it's done by a professional, <laughs> not someone faking it like myself. Now, what happens though is when you start hiring young, brilliant entrepreneur freelancers, they know more than one thing. So like my graphic designer turns out great audio editor, great video editor. So I throw a lot of work at his way. He does a lot of different things for me because he can well. When you hire someone that's really good at two or three things, that gives you a lot of flexibility. That person can do a lot more for you that would normally take three people. But if I put a job up on Upwork looking for video editor, that's what I'm looking for. If you can't do anything else, that does not hurt your chances of being hired. 
because I'm looking for a video editor. And I, that would might be my suggestion is whatever place you're trying to fill, fill it with that specialist that that's all they know. That's okay. And sometimes better because all their efforts have been put into that. It's not watered down because they've tried to master five things. They've spent 10 years mastering one and that's the guy you want. So it sounds like, and I want to jump quickly to if we're going to be using Upwork and doing the work ourselves before we hire anybody, like we're literally getting customers through Upwork, hopefully getting some referrals and stuff like that, but we're doing literally 100% of the work ourselves. When is it time to actually find somebody else? Because there's only a limited amount of time in the day. Only so much time that you can devote to actually editing or this, that, or the other. When do you know that it's time to actually hire the next person that can take over a little bit of the things that you are doing yourself so it frees you up to do other things that actually build the business? You ask great questions. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Because <laughs> so, it's a very legitimate question. When do I make that shift? You know, And I can only speak from my experience and how I felt when I needed to and why I made that decision. So when you're a solopreneur, you do it all, like you said. Well, there's only so many hours in a week. I found myself editing a lot, which was not my passion, by the way. It's I just did it because I could, and there was demand for it. So I just realized, A, I'm going to eventually not like doing this anymore, but also there's a glass ceiling I'm approaching. Like, I want to make money. We're all, if you want to be your own boss and actually kind of run like a company, even though at that point I was not a company yet, but I started thinking like one, we want to make money. We want to have freedom, but also financial health. So I saw that, man, I'm going to hit a ceiling. I'm only going to earn so much money. I can only give myself so many raises. I can't just one day be like, you know what? I'm $200 an hour now because I want to buy a house. No one's going to hire you. You know, like it's too expensive. You're too much, especially for what they're getting. So that's when I realized I wanted to flip the switch turn business and start hiring. I hired one editor and I gave him one podcast. He was making 30 bucks a week off of me. <laughs> that's it. Because that's all I could give up. And quite honestly, I couldn't afford to give that up either. We can talk about bootstrapping and, and driving credit card debt all day long. No stranger to that in order to be able to do what I needed to do. But it got someone in the systems. I got built that relationship with this person, trusted him. He was a great editor. And then I continued to do the rest of the 99% of the editing. But then when a new client would come in, I'd get a new client. That editing immediately went to PJ was his name. So now that was the first real shift. Like I didn't, for the first time, do any editing for this per specific client. It went straight to PJ. Then a new client, straight to PJ. So now... He's generating, he's editing five hours a week, but that five hours a week, I'm not having to do. And I'm, and I'm making a percentage off of that payment. So now money's, more money's being made while it's generating itself. The money's being made without me having to do anything. And then over time, once things got busier and my percentages were helping pay my bills, then I could just dish off more and more to him from the stuff I was still doing. And then finally got to the promised land where I haven't edited audio in 18 months. I mean, it's been, it's awesome. So, so I guess that's a long answer to the question, but 
when you feel like you're tapped out as a solopreneur, you're just maxed out, you're killing yourself, you're stressed out all week, working 10 hour days, but you're still, but you're making the same money each week and you realize, man, I'm still struggling. I'm still scraping by. I'm still hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck. One client's late on an invoice and now I can't, just that tiny little knit, that little blip, I'm, now I can't pay my light bill or whatever. So if you, if you find yourself in that position, but you're working 60 hours a week, that's a problem. And I chose to hire to alleviate that pressure and open up the ceiling uh, and just make unlimited potential. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people, even myself, I have plenty of people working for me, but at the same time, it's hard for me to justify, okay, I could do this myself and I could do it really well. But if I pay somebody else, oh, that's just money coming out of my pocket. But if we turn or, turn it around to realize what is our time going to that is now being taken up by this, where it could be going someplace else. Let's say you're really good, Derek. Let's say you're really good at Upwork or finding new clients, which will then make you more money. But if you're editing shows and you're taking up that much time to edit shows, you don't have enough time to find more clients, then you're really limiting yourself because that, that work editing a show, you, you could literally get out of somebody else but what you're really good at is finding new customers. That is what you need to be spending your time on because as you're building your business, when you have more customers coming, more money coming in, then it helps everything and you are able to have employees doing more work. And so you just got to think about what am I giving up in order to do this one thing that I don't want to hire somebody else. So I've actually, in my businesses, make myself like, okay, I'd itemize out everything I'm doing an entire day or the entire month and figure out what am I doing that I even might like doing but it takes up time that I could pass off to somebody else because then I could build my business even more. So, I, man, Derek, those are that's great, great insights that as you realized, oh my goodness, I have yeah. I, I have a ceiling that I'm hitting. I need to offload it. And I love the idea of giving one person one work or one one show that you've already done, making sure that's still the same quality that you would yeah. normally give, then pass on the next one. So that's great. So what else would we have missed? Like if we want to, let's say, edit podcasts or become a producer or even maybe work for you and say, you know what? I just love editing. I just want to work for somebody that's going to do all that hard work of finding customers. Just give me editing. Is there anything else that we would, I guess, look into or that we might have missed? As as the person hiring or the, or the one getting hired? Let's just say overall, like the uh, uh, production as company, somebody that wants to do pr producing of edit, uh, podcasts. Okay. Well, actually, I wanted to tie back into the hiring as far as paying, because I think that's important because I coach a lot of other people about this. And it's a mindset. You, earlier, just a few minutes ago, you said, sometimes it's hard for you to justify like giving up money. Like you're, you're giving up that percentage, but, but it's the time that you're buying. So I, I, like, I like math. And <clears throat> this is how I like quantize my value or what you can consider yourself making per hour. Let's say I'm making a hundred dollars an hour and I hire an editor and I pay that person $50 an hour. I'm just random numbers out here to edit it. Well, okay. I just gave up 50 bucks. So I'm, I'm only making $50 an hour now. Okay. But this project took an hour to do. All right. Well, do I want to make a hundred bucks in an hour or 50 bucks in 10 minutes? Because it's, that's all it takes for me to do the tasking. So let's just say 15 minutes to make it easier for math. 
So you went from $100 in an hour to $50 every 15 minutes. That tells you that's $200 an hour. That is what you, that's the mindset you need to have. Don't think about the, the dollars you're giving away. Think about how much you're making for X amount of time. I don't know about you, but I'll make 15, 50 bucks every 15 minutes all day long. And then you get more and more clients and that starts stacking up. So then you're making a living and I don't do anything that is tracked. There's nothing I do 40 hours or however many hours a week, hours I want to work a week. There's nothing, there's no punching in the clock. There, it's hard for me to know what I'm actually making an hour. But what I do know is I'm doing all the things that needs to be done to run and operate and build a business because of that kind of math equation. That's great. No, that's a great way to look at it because you're understanding now what the actual true cost of your time is. So that's fantastic. I would much rather pay somebody 50 bucks and earn $200 an hour. So it's just by far the best way to go. Okay, so let's jump into the rapid fire round. So the rapid fire round is basically the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. First question is, if you were to go back and give your younger self any bit of advice, it could be business, life, or anything like that, what would that be? Stay off drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, that's it's such a hard one to think about because you know the answer. All the mistakes made me who I am now. I wish I could tell myself, dude, relax and don't stress out so damn much because things will work out, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's my failing of anxious and pulling my hair out as most entrepreneurs are. I think, I think by nature, because we're self-motivated and we're go-getters and we're hustlers, at least for me, I'm driven by fear that fuels me because I'm afraid to lose. Don't be so hard on yourself, Derek. I would go back in time and say that. Don't be that's so awesome. damn hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's good. All right. So <laughs> next question is, what is one nonfiction book that you would basically recommend for us? It could be business or life or anything like that. Specifically for business, um, uh, Mike McCallowitz, uh, I believe his name is, he's written a book called Pumpkin Plan and another book called Profit First and great books for entrepreneurs. The Pumpkin Plan, uh, real quick, is what that is. It's a, an analogy on how to really uh, fine tune your client base to the exact client that you want. And when you go to a pumpkin patch, what you do is you look at the healthy ones and you get rid of the crappy ones because they will hurt the good ones. So you, you, you know, you weed the garden. You, you can use all these different analogies and ways to dial in your client base a certain way. So you actually let go of clients. You're actually giving clients up, firing them, if you will. Uh, but as but he does it in such a way where it's it's put together for you. It's a plan to follow to really just at the end of the day, grow your business with the best clients you can get. Bigger clients that pay more money, less clients to deal with. And then Profit First is another book of his that's really good on how to budget as an entrepreneur through percentage allocations. You know, 50% of my revenue goes here, 10% goes there, and just a way to uh, be able so you can afford a sales manager. I can afford to pay Jocelyn to you know, uh, outreach for me to get on podcasts, so on and so forth. So Michael, Mike McCallowitz, Profit First, Pumpkin Plan. 
I've definitely yeah. heard of Profit First, know a lot about it. Never heard of Pumpkin Plant, so that's a great one. I'm definitely going to have to look into that. All awesome. Right, so, He's a great writer, too, so it's just a fun read. He's a good read. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely know, like, The Profit First is very well written. I've checked it out. I haven't actually read the through the entire thing, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I know he's, he's really good. Okay, so last question is, what is one tool that you use in an everyday life? It could be an app. It could be a piece of paper and pencil but that helps your day go by better and faster and more efficient. Is there anything that you like, like, like that, that you actually use that we can use ourselves? My phone. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody has one of those, but what, what specific with the phone? You know, um, I guess my answer to that is not something that's like a handheld device or notebook, whatever it's Trello, you know, it's Trello and my Google calendar can't live without those two things. Now I can access them through my phone, which is convenient. So that's why I'm half kidding when I say my phone, but, but yeah, that's because I'm so busy. I'm a single full-time dad. I got my business, uh, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So my calendar and my Trello combined is my Houston, you know, it's my grand central business life appointments, orthodontist appointment interview guest on podcasts, whatever. It's all in that little system I've built for myself. And I couldn't, I couldn't survive without it. I really couldn't. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So man, Derek, you've got a lot of great advice and insights. How can people reach out to you? How can they find you? Cause I know people are going to want to talk to you about all this. My company's website is Shelby There you can find my LinkedIn and Instagram pages. Uh, we have a Facebook group as well called podcasting for creators and producers. Um, and then uh, my podcast is called pod logics, uh, podcasting for producers and creators where I talk to both kind of both sides, people that are wanting to learn or get tips and value, uh, content on how to podcast, but also speaking to producers to, you know, do the very, like you interviewed me as a producer, which I really enjoyed. This is the stuff I can talk about talking to producers. So we always do also do that as well. Um, you can go to our YouTube channel, Shelby Rowe, which is the video version of our podcast. Plus we have unique content on YouTube only exclusive stuff. Um, and, uh, of course the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify on all the, all the platforms. So we try to spread out pretty good as far as <laughs> the spider web that it is, you know, and also, didn't you say that you have like a 15-minute uh, discovery call or something like that? If you go to our website, scroll right down to the bottom of the homepage, and you get a free 15-minute uh, consultation. If any questions you have, if you're having even the slightest interest in starting a podcast, just set a time up with me. And at that point, we'll decide if that's something that you actually want to do. Whether you want to use me or not, okay. But I can help you decide if that's something that you want to do. And then if you want to go to the next step, we can. And Derek, thank you so much. You've given us lots and lots of great wisdom and advice. So I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Dustin. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses 
group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. So you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.